Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. I am one of your hosts, Kylie. I am not joined by my co-host, Anya, today. Instead, I'm doing a solo episode. So if you guys remember a couple weeks back, I had COVID, so Anya really stepped up and did a solo episode while I was recovering, and so I am now taking to the mic uh, and talking about dating. I bet you thought once... You, once I got into a relationship that you'd hear the last of dating episodes, but you're wrong, folks. Um, if you're new here, I was for a while the resident single host of the Two Degrees Hotter podcast, but I am in a new relationship, a very new relationship, and I kind of wanted to talk about just everything that comes with being in a new relationship And so this episode is going to be like split into two different parts. I basically talk about how I knew that my current partner, that I wanted to be in a relationship with them in the first place. And then I'll get into some of my tips for just adjusting to life in a relationship. It definitely disrupts your routine a little bit um, in the best way, but that can still feel pretty chaotic. And so I want to make sure to give you guys some tips on, you know, maintaining your sense of self and maintaining your routine while in a new relationship. But before we get into that, let's start with my week in review. So what kind of sparked this episode, honestly, was I have personally been feeling really chaotic. um, And I think Anya and I are actually going to do a full episode on like kind of getting out of a slump. And I use the term slump with a lot of love. Like, I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean, as I'll talk about, my routine's been a little disrupted. And, you know, in some ways, I'm totally fine with it. And then there's other ways where, you know, despite being in a relationship, like, I still have the room to uh, fit the things that I want to fit into my routine into it. And so I'm kind of getting back into the groove and really, like, looking at my new schedule, my new routine in a relationship and figure out how to fit in the pieces that I want to fit in again um, and make a sustainable routine for myself. So stay tuned on that. Anya and I will get more into it in next week's episode. And then I also want to talk about body image and get really real with you guys. Um, I was in a really good place with my body image for a very long time. I felt really confident. I was working out consistently. I was eating a pretty balanced diet and I just felt really good. I knew I was taking care of myself. I liked how I looked, and I was just doing really good, and as you can imagine, I've had a lot of changes in the past year. I moved back to Boston. I got into a relationship. I had COVID. I went to Portugal. There's just been a lot going on, and as you can imagine, I have subsequently gained a little bit of weight, Nothing crazy, and truthfully, I don't think anything even noticeable, but I've noticed, obviously, because you're your harshest critic, like, you're always going to notice that stuff, and I did, like, fully <laughs> have a little bit of, like, a breakdown getting dressed yesterday. I was getting dressed to spend the day with my boyfriend, and I just didn't feel good about myself. I felt really not 
cute. I felt really, I'm trying to think of how to like say this. Like I just didn't feel good. I just didn't feel confident. I didn't feel good. And I think part of that is deep down, I know I'm not taking the best care of myself right now because of how disrupted my routines have been due to like a ton of stuff, all the stuff that I just mentioned. Um, And yeah, so I mean, weight gain is normal. Your body is going to like ebb and flow and change with life and it's okay. Like it's a sign that I'm I'm living a really happy life right now and having a lot of fun. And also like, I don't know. I think if I were, if I could say deep down, yep, I'm like taking the best care of myself and I'm still gaining weight, then I'd be okay. But I think it's because I, I feel a little bit of guilt knowing that I'm not taking the best care of myself, that it's, you know, really impacting me even more. And also truthfully, like being in a new relationship, I don't think that my boyfriend would ever do this. But like you have the that little voice of like, oh my God, like what if I gain weight and they don't find me attractive anymore? And if that literally ever happens to you, that is horrible and you should not be dating that guy. Uh, and that's why I say very confidently that I don't think that my boyfriend would ever do that to me, but it's like that negative internal dialogue that just tries to find every reason to demonize weight gain and demonize those feelings. And so that's kind of something that I've been struggling with recently. I'm working through it. I feel a little bit better today. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to be transparent. I feel like I know Anya has been really transparent about her body image on the podcast and I had been, you know, doing pretty well. So I wanted to just like give a glimpse that even when you are in a good place with your body image, you still have moments where you're just not feeling the best. Um, And that's okay. And that's normal. And it doesn't take away from all the work that you've done. Um, And yeah, and you're beautiful, literally no matter what, as long as you're taking care of yourself and you're healthy and there's nothing to be concerned about, it doesn't matter what your body looks like. It's literally the least interesting thing about you. So yeah, I'll keep you guys updated as I work through that, but that I just wanted to, you know, be honest about that. And yeah, so let's turn this episode around. Let's make it more fun and talk about my favorite. So if you are new here, Anya and I are big uh, Bagu fans, B-A-G-G-U. It's a brand of, as you can imagine, bags. Uh, I talked about recently the medium crescent bag from Bagu. Uh, Anya has it as well, and it's like the perfect travel bag. Literally nothing's better than this. Um, But I also wanted to talk about my current like dance slash gym bag is their, let me find the name. It's the horizontal duck bag from Bagu. I specifically have the Bagu X Jessica Williams. Jessica Williams, I think, is a designer, and she did a collab with Bagu. Uh, oh, she's a painter. She's an LA-based painter. And she did a collection with Bagu, and this pattern is just so unbelievably unhinged. It has, like, a horse on it. It has a spider web, cherries, a bow, a butterfly, like, flowers. It's I'm obsessed with it. I've gotten many, many compliments on it. And it's the perfect size to hold all of my like dance and gym stuff. I have my dance shoes in there. It can fit my water bottle easily. I keep resistance bands and my gloves for when I do weightlifting with Meg. And it's just perfect, honestly. So 
I highly recommend if you've been in the need for like a gym bag or even just like a go-to like everyday bag that can like fit a decent amount of stuff. I highly recommend it has both like the normal tote bag straps and a crossbody strap, which is the crossbody strap is like a game changer. So yeah, I will leave it linked below, but we stand Bagu in this household. We stand Bagu on this podcast and they're just the best. So I got mine um, at the Bagu store in Brooklyn when Anya and I went to see Harry Styles, but I found the bag on Urban Outfitters as well. So I'll probably link through either Bagu or through Urban. And yeah, too good. You can place the same order and get free shipping, get the medium crescent and the tote bag. I know Anya has just like their normal duck bag, which is like mine is short and fat and hers is tall and skinny. Uh, And she has it in, like, a cow print, and she also really likes it. I'm pretty sure structurally it's pretty similar on the inside with, like, a zipper pouch uh, and can fit a lot of stuff, but she has it and she loves it too. So I don't think she's made it a favorite, but if she does, then it'll be officially TDH approved. So that's how you know. All right, let's take a quick ad break before we get into the main topic of this episode. All right, so I haven't quite decided what I want to call this episode yet. I'm thinking relationships for dummies, but I'm using the term dummy as a term of endearment, okay? I, too, am a dummy. This is my very first relationship. If you're new here, hi, I'm 25 years old. I got into my very first relationship when I was 24, and yeah, so there's no judgment. I'm not saying that in a a judgmental way at all. I'm saying it in a – I was saying to Anya, I think there's a lot – more people out there than we think in their mid-20s navigating their first serious relationship. And it can feel like you're falling behind. It can feel like, you know, people have so much experience on you when you are just entering your first relationship. But I also think that as you grow up, you have relationships outside of romantic ones, right? You have friendships and work relationships, your relationship with your parents and your siblings, and all of that is teaching you valuable communication skills, conflict resolution skills. If you have healthy relationships, then you're learning to do those things. Um, And obviously, those are huge in a romantic relationship as well. I will say, and this is something that I've talked to my boyfriend about, you know, I think that I have developed very healthy communication skills and very healthy conflict resolution skills through my other non-romantic relationships, but I also try to keep in mind that I don't know what it's like necessarily to be in a true fight, a true disagreement in a romantic relationship, and it is going to be a little bit different, and so keeping that sort of in the back of my mind. But anyways, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, That's just a little disclaimer of, you know, If you are out there and you haven't been in a relationship and you're in your mid-20s or if you're in your very first relationship in your mid-20s or even your late 20s, um, you're not alone and, you know, we have the tools to navigate relationships. And so I hope to talk about this, like, in more episodes as well, Um, just the idea that, like, you're not behind if you are in your first relationship at, you know, 24, 25, 26, 27. So... But like I said, that's not necessarily what this episode is about. That's just kind of my my disclaimer, my thought process um, getting to an episode like this. So I want to first sort of talk about how I knew after dating. I dated for almost a year through Hinge before I met Zach and ended up in a relationship with him. So I wanted to first dive into like how I knew that this was the relationship that I wanted to pursue and how I felt 
ready to be in my first relationship with Zach and then get into sort of how I found balance and adjusted my life um, being in a new relationship. So part one, how I knew it was time to get off hinge. So like I said, I've had been on a lot of dates uh, in the year leading up to when I met Zach. And I always, almost always found myself feeling one of two ways. I either knew from the very first date that it wasn't a match, which is totally normal. A lot of the times on first dates, you can tell when it's like, yeah, no, this is not compatible. This is not the right fit. And so I would either have that situation or I'd go on dates where it's like, okay, we had a couple of things in common, wasn't necessarily a bad date. Um, So I would continue to go on, you know, a second, a third date. But I wasn't excited. Like, I I didn't feel any butterflies by the third date. I wasn't excited to see them. If anything, I was feeling really anxious because I – when you haven't been in a relationship, when you haven't been in love for as long as it took me – I'm not in love. I'm in a very new relationship, so just a disclaimer. Um, but, like, when you haven't experienced any of that – I, you know, it, you hype it up in your mind. Everyone tells you that it's like the best thing in the world, the best feeling in the world. And so I had a lot of anxiety because I was like, is this really it? Like, is this really what it's supposed to feel like when you're like meeting someone and dating someone and considering being in a relationship with them? Because if it is like, that's so disappointing. And I even said to a friend, like, I am so afraid that this is it. Like, this is how it's supposed to feel. And I was scared that like, what I imagine the feelings of like developing a crush and falling in love and all of that were just like over-exaggerated in my head. And I had kind of like set myself up for failure in that way. But thankfully, my friends were like, nope, that is not how it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to feel so much better than that. Um, And this is just a sign that it's the wrong person. And then on the other hand, I could honestly count on one hand the amount of guys that I dated that I did have that like excitement for, but it felt like whenever I was excited about a guy and interested and had those like butterfly feelings that they weren't reciprocated, which obviously was a really tough pill to swallow. I mean, no one handles rejection well, like no one likes being rejected. So it it was hard and it felt really rare for me to meet someone that was equally as excited about me as I was about them. Like it it felt like there was always going to be this like mismatch of either they seemed excited about me and I just wasn't as all in or I was all in and they weren't excited about me and broke it off. So truthfully, when I agreed to my first date with Zach, I was like really, really discouraged about dating and was kind of on my last straw and like really wanted to just give up and be like, whatever, like this is, I'm all set. Like I think I'm going to be a lot happier if I just focus on myself and not focus on trying to find a partner because this is getting a little ridiculous. Um, So I kind of told myself when I agreed to go on the date with Zach that, you know, I'll go on this date. We were chatting. Conversation was fine. And I was like, well, at least I can say that I'm putting myself out there and, you know, that the the fault's not on me. Um, but I, I wasn't feeling super hopeful at the time. And that's no fault of Zach's, obviously. But yeah, I just, I wasn't, I don't know. I was just pretty hopeless. So Zach and I grabbed drinks for our first date. 
And it honestly, in hindsight, was one of the best first dates that I've been on in terms of like the vibes, like all of the things that you're supposed to check off to make like a good first date were checked off. We had a ton in common. We had really easy flowing conversation. Um, I thought that he was really cute uh, and he seemed to think that I was really cute, obviously. And yeah, it just like it flowed well. But I think, you know, I didn't initially get those like butterfly feelings in my stomach um, or like feel like, oh, I have a crush on this guy. Like I'm really excited to see him again. Genuinely, I think because I was still feeling so bitter and was kind of like, okay, whatever. Like here's this like pretty cool guy and like we have a lot of common and this date went well but like something's gonna go awry like something's gonna happen and it's just not gonna work out because that seems to be what happens every time so I did agree to a second date because the first one went so good and because all my friends were like listen you're just being a Debbie Downer you're being bitter like just go on a second date with this guy what's the worst that can happen if you're still not into him then you can then you can you know cut it off but again, at least I could say that I tried. So the second date comes. When I tell you, this man pulled out all these stops on the second date. He planned a picnic on the Esplanade. And he brought cheeses, meats from Italy, which if you're in the Boston area, you know, you know. He brought nuts. He brought fruit. He brought wine. He brought still and sparkling water because he didn't know which one I preferred and it was just, it was so nice. We set it up on the Esplanade at like a picnic table. And again, like the conversation just continued to flow. Like we continued to like talk about the things that we had in common. And it was just a lot of fun. And I remember we, if you're not in the Boston area, the Esplanade is like a sort of like public park walkway along the river. And there's like picnic tables and all of that stuff, but there's also a like pop-up brewery that I think is only available in the summertime. Um, it's called Night Shift. And so we had planned to have this picnic and then walk over to Night Shift for a drink. And I remember like we got up from the picnic table to walk over to Night Shift and he grabbed my hand and I like immediately got those like butterfly, like excited feelings. But yeah, it was kind of like after that second date that I just really didn't look back. Like I just, I got that excited feeling again. Um, and I got so excited to see him every time we made plans. And even more importantly, he seemed really excited about me. Um, and like he was looking forward to seeing me every time we made plans. And so it really was that like crazy feeling of like, oh my God, like I think I found the guy that I'm as excited about as he is about me. Um, and we have a lot in common and we we get along great and we're attracted to each other. Like it was just like, it was that like stars align moment. And on top of that, I, as we like got to know each other, I could tell that he had really, really clear communication, like was not like a beat around the bush, was willing to have conversations. Um, and he seemed to possess a lot of, like, emotional intelligence. And I won't really get into, like, the details because obviously, like, that's his business and not – he. I put my life on the internet. He doesn't put his. But, like, he was vulnerable with me and he did, like, show how his life experiences, like, taught him stuff. And he was very self-aware of the things that, you know, he 
not necessarily even needed to work on, but like where he like struggles or like where he's at with certain things. And I had honestly never seen it like to this extent in a man before, which sounds horrible. Um, but like he, he really was just so emotionally intelligent and so good at communicating his feelings and his wants. And yeah, it, it was crazy. And like on top of all of that, he was even the one to recognize that like he would say like, this is the bare minimum, Kylie, like I'm giving you the bare minimum. So yeah, just very self-aware, very emotionally intelligent. And I think it was when we went on our fourth date, like at the end of the fourth date that we decided to be exclusive, um, which I was over the moon about. (laughs) Um, And I found once we like really focused on each other, I feel like we were able to get like really vulnerable with one another. And he was honestly the first guy to ever like really handle some of like my own past experiences really, really well and make me feel really safe and really empowered in just the things I had gone through in my life, the choices that I had made to heal from those things. Um, Yeah. And I, I think that I, and I hope that when he got vulnerable with me that I, you know, also made him feel that sense of safety and that sense of comfort and, um, yeah, just that sense of safety and that sense of comfort. I mean, it's huge. It's huge to admit something to someone that you care about. And especially if it's something that you've, you know, told I mean, uh, past people, past um, people that you've dated and they didn't handle it well to then, you know, have met Zach and open up to him about things and have him handle it, like, not only better, but, like, really well was just super encouraging and then about a month after we went exclusive i started the conversation around being official now i will admit i did this pretty early on (laughs) and he even said when we had this conversation it's pretty early to be doing this but number one i think when you know you know like i really do and it sounds so cheesy and it sounds so cliche but when you know you know And number two, to me, it felt like we were already in a relationship. You know, we weren't seeing anyone else. We had established that we were only dating each other. We were seeing each other multiple times a week. And we had, like, progressed to, like, going on fun dates and also just, like, hanging out with each other. Like, having a lazy day at one of our apartments watching movies, Um, which I think is, like, obviously going on, you know, I don't want to say real dates, but, like, excursionary dates is fun but it's also like you learn so much about someone just from like hanging out with them in their own environment um and we had been doing that a lot we had been intimate with each other sorry mom and dad if you're listening or if you're my coworkers and you're listening please stop um so i was ready <laughs> i was like i feel like we're just like acting like we're in a relationship but not labeling it um and truthfully for me the label was important because like I said this is my first relationship I wanted to be able to introduce him as my boyfriend I wanted the anniversary I wanted I wanted all of that I know for some people that like doesn't interest them at all they don't feel the need to have that and that's totally fine but it was important to me like I wanted not only him to know how important he was to me, but I also wanted other people to know how important he was 
to me and how much I cared about him. And I feel like being able to call him my boyfriend was an important step towards that. Anyways, he did admit that it was like pretty early on, but he's the type of guy that is like, whatever, like I'm going to do what I want to do and what I feel like is right for me. And it doesn't really matter what other people think, which is something that I really like about him. And he was in. He was like, yeah, we can be official. So now here we are. I can call him my boyfriend on this podcast without worrying. No, I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, and obviously, like, as I say this huge disclaimer, it is way too early to know whether he is, like, the one. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, this is how I found the one on Hinge or anything like that because we're only about two months into our relationship officially. We've known each other for about four months. Um, But I am really, really happy in this relationship and I feel really, really grateful to be in it with him and to have him in my life. Um, And I'm excited to have him in my life for as long as he wants to be in it. And at the end of the day, if you get into a relationship from Hinge, it is kind of a success story regardless of how that relationship um, goes on in the future. So we'll see if he's the one, the one, but for now he's the one that I thought was the right person to get into my first relationship with. And I still feel like he's the right person to be in my first relationship with. So anyways, that's enough of the corny stuff. Um, I hope you found that like entertaining or helpful or anything. I feel like when I was feeling really discouraged from Hinge, all I wanted was like someone to come at me and be like, I had a success story and it's gonna be okay. Like you can do it. So this is me coming to you with my success story of having found a really, really awesome guy um, and a great partner through Hinge. Um, so you can do it. Don't get discouraged. They are out there for you. Your soulmate is out there for you. Your partner is out there for you, however you want to think about it. And yeah, you just got to keep looking and get through the duds because there's going to be a lot of them, but they will make you appreciate when the right person comes into your life all that much more. So now to talk a little bit more about adjusting to life in a new relationship, adjusting your routine in a new relationship. Obviously, getting into a relationship is very disruptive to your routines, but it's a very welcome disruption. Um, If you're in a happy, healthy relationship, you're happy to disrupt your routine or to revamp your routine to fit that person into your life. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, but if you're super routine oriented like me, I just, I, it can feel a little overwhelming to be out of a routine or sort of just in that time period where you are still learning the routine. So it's not even necessarily that like you've completely fallen out of your routine or it's completely taken you off track, but you're just trying to figure out what your life is going to look like consistently with this person in it. So, and I mean the the parts of your life that don't even necessarily involve this person. So I will preface this by saying that I am definitely, definitely, definitely still working on this myself. I'm still, like I said, in a very new relationship. And so this, I'm still in the learning curve, but here are like a couple of things that I have found to help me so far or that I'm leaning into as I really start to Uh, work through adapting my routines. So the first, and I think this is something that I, I can't even necessarily credit myself, but I just think it was like a divine timing situation. Uh, And that's having hobbies and sticking to them. So I think it's really important 
for both you and your partner to have, you, you know, the stuff that you do together, the hobbies that you do together, but also have stuff that you do on your own so that you, you know, are constantly carving out that time to do what you want to do and you don't lose sight of yourself. So the reason I say that this was like kind of a divine timing thing for me is I was planning on auditioning for the dance company that Anya and I are in before I met Zach and kind of was auditioning as I was getting into a relationship with Zach. So it made it really easy for me to, you know, stick to having that hobby and having that on the side because I made the commitment to go. I'm in four dances for this show. And so automatically that carved out time for my hobbies on on its own. Another great example is having the podcast, you know, recording with Anya every single week and having stuff to work on for the podcast has been something that I have to make time for. And so I think make sure that whatever hobbies you have, you really stick to them and you be strict with yourself. And if you don't have a lot of hobbies, like now is a great time to bring them up. I think it's, you know, it's natural when you're in a new relationship to think that you have to do everything with your partner, but try out a couple of things. You know, I'm sure there's stuff that you want to do that your partner isn't necessarily over the moon for. Uh, and you shouldn't let the fact that you're in a new relationship stop you from doing those hobbies. So find some time for yourself and do that. The next is being open to adjusting your schedule, especially in the places you can control. So the example I put, because this is a bit prevalent to my life, is maybe you are used to working out, you know, right after work. Well, maybe now, you know, twice a week, you're seeing your partner right after work, grabbing dinner, going over to their place, they're coming over here, like whatever it may be. And so you don't have time for that workout or vice versa. Maybe, you know, you stay over your partner's place and you're used to working out in the morning, but now you're getting driven back before work or you're driving back before work. Being open to adjusting and saying, you know, if working out is something that you constantly want to have in your routine, it makes you feel in control and you want it to be a part of your daily life, maybe where you can give a little bit is the timing of your workout. You know, maybe you'll see your significant other after work and so you're going to plan your workout for during lunchtime if you work remote or before work if you have to go into the office or if you're just like a morning workout type of person. The next is to continue to carve out time for your friends. So you don't want to be that girl that habitually puts their boyfriend before their friends or is constantly hanging out with their boyfriend and ditching their friends to hang out with their boyfriend. That's not, we don't do that. Obviously, if you're in a committed relationship with someone, there are going to be times where you're putting your boyfriend above your friends. And I'm using boyfriend because that is, I'm in a relationship with a man that I refer to as my boyfriend. Insert your preference wherever you see fit. But you should always have some time for your friends. Like it shouldn't be noticeable or, you know, constant that you're putting your boyfriend's needs, that you're putting time with your boyfriend above time with your friends. Because you want to maintain those relationships, you know, especially at the beginning of a relationship. It's you're so hopeful and you you feel really good about the relationship and you want it to last, but it's also like you haven't been together long enough to like really firmly be like, yep, like this is it. This is the one. We're together forever. So you don't want to be that girl that doesn't see their friends, lets go of their friends, and then God forbid the relationship ends. You don't have anyone to lean on. You want to make sure to continue to nurture the, the relationships that you have in your life outside of your partner. The next tip that I have is to continue to carve out alone time. And by this, I do mean like separate from 
your hobbies. And maybe this is just because for me, my hobbies do involve other people. So dance, obviously I dance with other girls in my pieces and then with the podcast and with Anya. So really carving out time, you know, for me, that means reading and journaling and, you know, spending nights kind of cooped up in my room watching YouTube or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, make sure you carve out the time for yourself. I'm definitely working on this. I think that, you know, my alone time is kind of what I have been really easily nixing from my daily routine. Um, and it's what I'm willing to sacrifice first. But I am like the type of person that needs some time and some space to recharge. And so making sure that I prioritize my alone time and carving that out into my daily routine, even like I said, if it's just journaling in the morning or, you know, hiding in my room for a little bit to just like have a moment, that's okay. And then the last tip I have to close out this episode is to embrace the change because at the end of the day, we're falling in love, people. Like it's supposed to be fun and exciting. And this is the only time that you're going to be in this phase with your current partner. So you want to soak in every second of it. You want to enjoy all of it as it comes and really just like be in the present and you will get into a routine. You will get into the swing of things. It won't be as, you know, chaotic feeling or scary feeling forever. And I mean this in like all of the best ways, obviously. So embrace this time where you're just like always wanting to see them and you're so excited to be around them and you're learning so much about them. Like it really is such a great time. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I have for this episode. I hope that it was helpful. Um, Like I said, I want to continue dating episodes because, you know, someone's got to do it. And Anya's been in a relationship for far too long. At least I'm still close to close to the experience of dating. And so, yeah, so let me know what else you guys want to hear about relationships. I bet Anya and I could make a, um, like, trademark signs of a healthy relationship type of episode in the future. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But with that, make sure you follow us on Instagram at 2 Degrees Hotter. You can submit anything you want to our anonymous suggestion box, but specifically, feel free to submit any advice that you need. We'd love to answer it on the show. I think that's everything. Rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's an important one, and it's huge for us, and it takes like 30 seconds. And with that, we'll chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye.